I've had clients drop me before because of ROI, the R word. I'm so triggered by this and I know this podcast episode is going to be a little bit of a rant because I feel so passionate about this, but ROI in social media is such a tricky thing and it's so misunderstood. So today we're going to do some myth busting and we're going to dive into what is the ROI and how can you explain this to a client? How can you showcase your ROI to a client to get them renewing that contract? Welcome to the Dishing Up Digital Podcast. I'm your host, Alan, a former nine to five escapee turned six figure business owner. This is your place to learn everything there is to know about building your dream life and career as a social media manager. Whether you're just starting out and feeling lost and confused, or you want to take your current business to the next level and double your income, this is the podcast for you. Social media is such a powerful platform and it's enabled me to book out my services and smash the six-figure milestone with only 3,000 Instagram followers. So grab a cup of tea, coffee, a glass of rosé with me, and let's turn those dreams into a reality. I want to tell you a story about how I was dropped or fired by a client. Ooh, juicy, so scandalous. And in this particular case, I really didn't see it coming. It was a client that I loved working for. So I was pretty shocked when I got the message that they were not going to continue with their contract. And the main reason being they did not see the ROI of my services, of Instagram. They did not see it as a place that was driving sales for their business. And ultimately, that's why they decided to end the contract with me. Now, what I found so difficult in this situation was that I knew I was doing a brilliant job and I knew that I was contributing to the sales machine of their business. But this is what's so tricky about sales and Instagram. So often they are not directly trackable. So often link clicks, website taps and Google Analytics do not actually show the full picture of the impact of a platform like Instagram or TikTok or even Pinterest sometimes. Because the thing about these platforms is they are key for brand awareness and they are a key wheel in the clog. Is that the saying? Is that what people say? A wheel in the clog in the machine <laughs> of sales. So as an example, this particular client made a lot of sales from emails. Email newsletters was the number one source of new sales coming into their business for their courses. And this is actually the case for a lot of businesses at the moment, which is why email marketing, do not sleep on this. This is another important wheel or clog in the machine. I still don't even know this saying that I'm just quoting from. <laughs> but that is an episode for another day. But for this client, so they're getting a lot of sales coming through email marketing. But what people don't think about when they get a sale directly from an email newsletter or even directly from a Facebook ad is that often these buyers have been following along on Instagram, absorbing all of that content, seeing those posts, seeing those stories, watching those reels. And all of that has helped contribute to their decision to buy. And this is what happens when as online business owners, we get so 
sucked in by the metrics, by the analytics, by the data, that I think we make these decisions that are actually not good for our business. You know, yes, if you look at the data and you look at all your sources of sales and Instagram is the lowest, therefore you probably want to spend the least amount of money on your lowest sales generating platform. But that's just the data. When you're zoomed in like that, looking at the numbers, it makes sense. But when you zoom out, what you don't realize is how much Instagram contributes to that overall brand awareness and that customer journey. Although they may not directly be on Instagram and click on the link and buy something, they are still a customer coming from social media. And I think this is what a lot of people don't understand when we talk about ROI. They want to see the exact sales and sometimes it's not as simple as that. And that is what I think is the beauty of online business is we have all of these different avenues, these different ways for people to find us, to connect with us, to buy from us. Like it's so multi-layered compared to say, I don't know, like 10, 20 years ago when people just had to walk past your shop and like your shop window and then walk in and buy something, right? (laughs) It's so much more complicated than that. And I think people are trying to simplify things too much by looking at Google Analytics and data and tracking platforms and apps from there. Now, I've done a lot of episodes this year already talking about my content marketing, specifically my multi-platform content marketing strategy. And if you haven't listened to any of these episodes, I'll link the key one down below, which was all about like my content strategy for 2023. And for me, I don't track all of my platforms specifically. Like I don't look at YouTube and Instagram and go, okay, which one had the most webinar signups and which of those converted? Like I actually don't like tracking my data that closely because I think it impacts my bigger picture thinking. Like just because one month I had more webinar signups from YouTube doesn't mean that I'm going to stop posting on Instagram. To me, that doesn't make sense. All of these contribute to the overall growth of my company and they all play different parts. They all reach different customers and I'm going to maximize the potential of all of them. And that is really my attitude, (laughs) my attitude when it comes to ROI and what that exactly means as a social media manager. But The complication, I think, is obviously explaining this to clients because, as I've said, ROI is one of those things that can get you fired (laughs) when clients don't see you producing enough. And my first tip for this is to always really set the expectations in the discovery call process with a new client. So for me, this is checking for the red flags, making sure we align with our understanding of social media and where the value is. So I always make it very clear to my clients that I'm not about crazy follower growth because I don't really believe in that. I believe in the quality of the quantity of your followers. I believe in building communities, increasing your engagement, making really beautiful content that just stands out in your niche and industry. And if I find a client who on the discovery call is like, I want to hit 10K followers in a month, that for me is nope. (laughs) That is a no, we are not aligned. You're not going to be my client. And same goes for any other kind of vanity metric. If they have really hardcore sales metrics, I actually tend to steer away from this as well because 
I know that's really hard as a social media manager to live up to those expectations. And again, like I said, I feel like if somebody tracks their metrics like that and tracks their sales, I feel like a lot of my work isn't really appreciated because of that bigger picture that I've been talking about with your sales and Instagram and how it's not always a direct, you know, trackable sale from Instagram. So it is a process with discovery calls. And I always remind people of this, like discovery calls aren't just for a client to choose you, you have to choose them. Like this is a chance for you to interview them and see if they're the right client for you. So always remember that as well. And once you're through the discovery process, discovery call process, it's important to reinforce these expectations because I personally have found that clients can be great on the discovery call and you're totally on the same page. Everything's great. And then like as soon as the money actually leaves their bank account and they've paid you, they start to freak out a little bit. which is natural. Investing in your business is really scary, Um, but can totally vouch for that. But it's important to kind of handhold them through this experience. Uh, It's important while you're working with them, when you get really nice comments from customers to share those with your client, it's important to do those monthly analytics reports where you look at things like engagement and comments and DMs. I've actually started adding little collages of nice comments to those analytics reports as well because sometimes your clients just miss those and they don't see those or they don't realize how many DMs you're applying to or you know what what the reach has gone up on their stories and stuff like that and I think sometimes clients just need reminding of the value beyond those vanity metrics because Even clients with the best intentions, they'll have days when the vanity metrics hit them, when their follower count isn't going up and they see the money leaving their bank account and they're like, oh my gosh, is this actually worth it? And for me, it's been a journey to find the right clients who really do understand ROI. And I do feel sometimes it's a case of you can't always educate a client and and change their mind like if they have a certain way that they look at social media if Instagram is always their least favorite platform you know you're going to be fighting an uphill battle in terms of being appreciated for your work Um, but all of those clients that I've worked with whether it worked out or not whether it ended on good terms or not All of those clients have gotten me to where I am today. And this is something that Millie, who is a support coach in the Dishing Up Digital School, said on the podcast um, a few months back now, actually. She mentioned how every small client is a step closer to your dream client. And I'm going to say that is is also true when it comes to bad clients or toxic clients or clients who don't appreciate the ROI or don't see the ROI behind, beyond uh, follow growth or direct website taps or direct sales. Like those clients that don't see it, although they're not the dream clients right now, they are the clients that are going to help you grow on this journey to get experience from And eventually you will find yourself in a boat like me where you have that really small group of dream clients who pay you well, who work really well with you and things run a lot smoother. But again, the reminder, it's taken me four years to get to this point in my journey. I guess at the end of the day, though, when it comes to communicating ROI expectations with your client, it is all about that. It is just the communication. It's being really care, uh, clear sorry, and being really open and honest throughout the discovery call process, throughout working together. 
And one last note I'd really like to add on ROI is not beating yourself up when a client pushes for this. And I even find this hard today. And and again, this is what I mean by clients sometimes can seem like the dream client, but everyone has their blips. Everyone has their moments in the month where they freak out. And even for me, you know, we, we all have the down days. And sometimes you might catch a client when they're in a bit of a mood and they might have a dig at you about ROI. This has happened to me this year. And honestly, it got me so down because I hadn't dealt with someone questioning my ROI and like, yonks and suddenly there someone was questioning it and it does hit I think like a personal note because so much of our work as social media managers we take really personally and something that I've really worked on this year actually is is taking my self-worth away from my work Um, it was something that was always attached to my business, how well my business was doing. If my business was going great, if work was going well, then I'd feel really good about myself. If work went badly, then I would take that as a personal attack and I'd feel really depressed and sad about myself, right? So that's something that I've worked really hard to disattach from. Um, And I think it's something that when this conversation of ROI comes up, I can't help but think about. It's us as social media managers thinking that ROI is our only value as a social media manager. It's, it's our entire value as a human being. And I think that's something that we can all work on is stepping away from that a little bit and making sure that we know that we're valuable as people, as humans, beyond our work, but also as social media managers beyond ROI. Because one of my clients always says to me, I'm just so glad you're here, Alan, so I don't have to worry about Instagram. And again, this is what I reinforce to so many of my students is your value of just simply taking away the stress of having to stay up to date, having to think of content ideas and just putting things up so they're present on social media. Sometimes that is enough. That's enough of an ROI. If someone's, you know, paying you $700, $800 a month and you're just taking that stress away, they don't have to think about social media. That is ROI as well. To me, that is a return on your investment. As a business owner, if someone comes in and takes stress off my plate, that's an ROI. No, it's not a direct sale. No, it's not a direct, this person has done this for me and I've made X amount of dollars but I'm still getting value on my investment. And I think we need to remind ourselves of this as social media managers. It's not always about the sales as well. And on that note, I think I'm going to leave this episode here. It's short and sweet, but it's an important topic. And I just want people to be able to listen to this in a short few minutes and take away this key message. And again, I think it's like speaks to the overall um, topic of ROI. It's a big topic, But it's also a small topic. That doesn't make any sense. But (laughs) what I mean is, you know, there's this big conversation on ROI and it feels really heavy and and, and complicated. Um, But when you break it down, it can be quite simple. It's as simple as communicating with your clients. It's as simple as setting those expectations. It's as simple as reminding your clients of the value beyond those vanity metrics consistently so they feel comfortable. They have a little bit of hand-holding in this experience. And it's also about just reminding yourself of your value beyond your work as a human being in this world and also your value as a social media manager beyond just the sales. You contribute so much to the company, even without the sales. 
So that's going to be it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to catch the next one and I'll see you then. Bye guys.